We are live. And we are live. You are listening to WJMF 88.7 HD2 Smithfield Providence. Or you're tuned in at WJMFRadio.com. I'm Brian Costa. And I'm Carter Adams. And you're listening to Down to the Wire. Welcome in on this awesome Friday night, you guys. Uh, you know, you know, usually when we're doing the show, it's kind of typical to, you know, find things on the second day of the week. But, you know, it was a pretty eventful week. Uh, but before we do get started, we want to we want to welcome in our special guest of the evening, our personal roommate, Jake Martian. He's been on the show many times before. Jake, how are we doing? Great. Thanks for having me. You know, Jake, it's all—it's always good to have you on the show, man. I'm, uh, you know, just having another voice in here is always is always a great thing to have. Uh, so, you know, uh, let's just jump into it. So, uh, originally, the the title of the show tonight was gonna be was gonna be titled the Chris Paul Effect because we were gonna be talking basically about the incredible role that he's had, you know, over in the NBA. We're gonna be getting to that a little later. However, I had to change it up at the last minute just because of the absurd, uh, just because of the pure absurdity of this of this um uh, storyline. So. In NFL news, which is where we're going to start tonight, uh, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield is reportedly seeing aliens. I don't know if you saw this, but he went to Twitter and he and he literally tweeted out almost 100% M, his wife, and I saw a UFO a UFO uh, drop drop straight out of the sky on our way home from dinner. We stopped and looked at it. We stopped and looked at each other and asked if we asked if either of us saw it. Very bright ball of light going going straight down out of this uh, going straight down out of the sky towards lake travis anyone else witnessed this and you know everyone is now going crazy about baker mayfield what are your guys thoughts well i mean we know they're real oh yeah <laughs> yeah so i don't blame him yeah you're going you're going full alien with this yeah i mean how could they not be yeah i mean i don't know if you guys have seen this lately but in but you know lately with the um uh with you know ufos and stuff you know, COVID and everything this year has kind of been all crazy. NASA and a bunch of like and a bunch of these organizations have just been releasing a ton of data on UFOs, and they they've just been like, well, while the world is in shambles, might as well just throw this out there and kind of and kind of just you know, and basically, well, no one's really caring about it, and no one is really caring about it. And you know, Baker Mayfield goes out there, he tries to he tries to you know say his story, and everyone's like, this dude is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I honestly just don't understand what ulterior motive he possibly could have. So, honestly, yeah. maybe he's going crazy. Maybe he's worried about COVID and started drinking, like, bleach or eating <laughs> or something, and it went to his head, but I don't know. I mean, I'd buy it. I mean, I'd buy it at this point. I mean, listen, Baker, you know, you know, he had a fantastic season last year. Uh, Colin Coward was commenting on the situation, too. I mean, you know, they were, they were like, listen— Baker Baker had a really good season last year, but I don't know if I want my quarterback seeing aliens. And and he was basically he basically was saying that like you know Aaron Rodgers did say that he saw I guess a, a UFO one time, but you know even he but but he but he was basically like Brett Favre never saw said he saw aliens. Uh, Tom, and then he also said Tom Brady said he never saw aliens. To which Tom Brady replied to Colin Cowherd, "How do you know that I've never seen aliens?" And it's just sparked like a, a crazy kind of rumor right now, and it's just like. You know, a lot of people are just like you know poking fun at this right now. I decided to name tonight's episode six Mayfield Lane, in in a uh, in you know kind of homage to the uh, to the sequel to the Cloverfield movie Ten Cloverfield Lane. You know, it just felt like it was kind of uh, the the perfect name to do tonight. You know, kind of makes you wonder. You know, you're seeing all these UFO sightings. You know, throughout the years, and and I don't know. I feel like I feel like after a while, you got to be like, are they all are they all just crazy people? You know, it's. I feel like you're getting a. Li I think feel like there's just too many at this point for it to be like, oh yeah, these are all like these are all just insane people. 
Yeah, I agree. It's something we can't really wrap our heads around yet. Yeah. And that's why I think people are so quick to label people like Baker Mayfield crazies because nobody can actually wrap their head around it. Yeah. And it's it's very possible that there is a completely different life form living among us, blending yeah. in with humans. Yeah. See, the, the Canadian Prime Minister, ex-Canadian Prime Minister, even said that on live news. Really? So well, I, I believe it's only in America that we're being like super suppressed from seeing all this alien alien talk on tv and well, stuff well don't be surprised when that guy goes missing in, in about three to five business days exactly <laughs> he, yeah that that that's going to be the end of that guy unfortunately you know he he you know he went out doing he went out uh speaking the truth but you know that's gonna end, that's probably gonna be the end of that well, guy maybe in america it would be the end of that guy but i don't know they're man. talking about it in other places i don't know man you get the illuminati and you know <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you got too many people out there it's gonna it's too much of a conspiracy theory at this point i think it's I th unfortunately, I think you know, you know, anyone, uh, Baker Mayfield. I don't know if um, uh, you know, watch out for that turf next year, Baker. Some there might be something uh, lurking for you. I don't know. They might try to, they might try to shut you down. I don't know. It's, it's always crazy when you see that kind of stuff happening. I don't know. It's, it's, it's something that you can laugh at, and obviously this is a very kind of comical situation here. I, I would have to say, but, you know, but you know, it's always something that makes you wonder. Like, are we alone? Like what like what else lies out there like the universe is endless like there's so many things out there and i mean i know we are a sports show and we're kind of getting into philosophical talk here uh you know i wasn't expecting it to be like this but you know it it is kind of a, it is kind of a weird question you do have to you do have to it kind of makes you question your own existence a little bit exactly <laughs> i mean you can't bring up aliens and expect not to yeah exactly uh but so in so now in also in nfl news that a little less crazy nfl news uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers did announce today that they are bringing back quarterback Ben Roethlisberger for another year. For another year, he's they basically said he's signed to an undisclosed contract for the 2021 season. He's going to be 39 this season. I mean, you know, the Steelers started off 11 and 0. A lot of people, are, a lot of people, basically said that that was a fake 11 and 0 record, like the Patriots. Uh, I think it was 9 and 0 or 8 and 0 record. I think in 2019, and they're and they're just like, listen, this was kind of like a fake record. Uh, like, you know, maybe I don't think that. Like in a lot of, and frankly, here's the thing. I looked at Ben Roethlisberger last year and, you know, through those first 11 games, he was looking really solid. And then that, and then that first loss came around and then the second one, and then I forget how they finished. I think they were like 12 and four, I believe is how they finished off. They went on a really bad skid going to the playoffs and then were taken out in the first round. So it was a pretty rough ending for, the, for that Steelers season. Now, do you think that the Pittsburgh Steelers should move on from Big Ben at this point, or do you think that you know they should you know give it one last shot? Yeah, he took the team to where they where they were last year. I think um, he's obviously still got a little bit in him. Mm -hmm. It'd be stupid not to bring him back, especially when he's proven that he can overcome an injury in that sort and, yeah, and I mean, take the... a team like that, very young, to where they at least were. Yeah, I mean the guy had Tommy John surgery, so that I mean. He literally is a surgery that MLB pitchers normally get. And, I mean, the fact that he was able to come back, you know, from that, and, and I think he threw, like, 33 touchdowns last year, had 10 picks for which, you know, in a for, for which, you know, you know, say all you want about uh, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he's a great quarterback, but he's always had interception troubles. You know, only having it be 10 picks in the season is, you know, pretty impressive for him. So to kind of have those numbers down and uh, and off a year of Tommy John, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how it affects a football player, but I at least know for a pitcher – it usually takes you a year to kind of get back there. And, I mean, you know, we're seeing quarterbacks play later, later in their careers. Now, I don't know if Big Ben is necessarily in the same athletic shape that you could say a Tom Brady was. I, I would really have to argue against that. But, you know, if, if Pittsburgh is able to surround him with a bunch of guys, 
they you know they feel very confident right now that he could be that you know given the right type of weapons i think juju wants to come back you know give him the right kind of guys and you know they could really run it yeah i mean he proved it last year i'm excited to see what he can do again yeah me yeah. too i think at a bare minimum they at least owe him a second chance you know, yeah give him a shot to come back and Worth it. Yeah. Give those young players another shot to not be so cocky. Yeah, I mean, I mean, right now the Steelers Stop quarterback making TikToks. Yeah, I mean the Steelers quarterback situation right now, you know, I think they're gonna have to figure out a little more before they decide to move on from Roethlisberger. They did bring in Dwayne Haskins of the Washington Football Team last year, and you know Haskins, you know, we, we talked about it on this show. I believe he was having uh, some some uh, in some you know cr some situations going on at strip clubs. He was missing team meetings. You know, it eventually just led to him, you know, having his captainship removed, and you know, ultimately led led to him being cut from the team. Uh, so I think that I think that Pittsburgh, before they want to maybe you know put the football in his hands, they want to kind of say like, all right, let we're gonna have you sit under this guy for a year, a real veteran quarterback, have you sit under him, learn the ropes, and then we'll kind of throw you out there. I feel like that's gonna be you know kind of the path they go. You know, the path that Dwayne Haskins has gone down in the yeah. in the off season, and especially last year. Uh, I don't think it's a good one necessarily if he's trying to make a pro out of himself in football. Mm -hmm. So I can only hope that being behind someone like Ben Roethlisberger helps. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, but I, I was watching the Pat McAfee show, and he was basically saying that um uh, that you know old old Ben Roethlisberger from like you know when he was from his like old like rookie days and kind of earlier years in the NFL. He was saying that him and him and Dwayne Haskins now would, you know, be the best of friends. But, you know, Ben Roethlisberger essentially went out, kind of found Jesus in a way and has kind of, and has kind of turned himself into this good guy in a sense. But but he's like, if this was Ben Roethlisberger from like 2008, he, he was like him and Dwayne Haskins would be all around Pittsburgh just booling right now. Yeah, I mean, a... man had a rape scandal. <laughs> well, I mean, if you wanted to bring that one up, yeah, you can bring that up. Yeah, but um. Uh, yeah, the like you know you know Ben Roethlisberger kind of had a troubled you know kind of you know early going in Pittsburgh and it's a similar kind of looking situation for for Haskins and I mean maybe maybe there's something about Pittsburgh that can kind of straighten those kind of guys out so you know you know big uh you know little, some potential kind of going on there so it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting development with those guys yeah I mean he is an Ohio State quarterback though so we'll yeah see. true and you know we all know how those historically go mm -hmm. uh, also in NFL news. Uh, you know, also a quarterback, but this, but this guy uh, is, you know, this guy's actually also coming off some injuries uh, in this in this upcoming season. Dak Prescott of the of the Cowboys, you know, unfortunately suffered that tragic leg injury last year uh, that really kind of derailed, you know, the Cowboys season and you know basically just you know doomed them from the playoffs, you know, as soon as it happened. Uh, you know, apparently he wants you know to have a contract that is you know, either at or slightly below what Pat Mahomes is making at this point in time. And I'm, I kind of, I frankly think this, that that's kind of absurd. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dak Prescott is an incredible quarterback for the Cowboys. You know, the way he came in after Tony Romo got injured in the preseason, Dak came in just absolutely kind of just was a stud for those guys, was a stud for them. And then when Tony came back, they had to, they had to make the choice of, of just saying like, well, he's just been, we're going to roll with the hot hand. Dak has just been the better guy. And a guy like Tony Romo, a bit, you know, after that he went to he went to CBS. Like he, Dak Prescott literally took Tony Romo out of a job, and you know, and I feel like, and now Jerry Jones isn't isn't paying the guy, and you know, a lot of people are wondering what is up right now. I don't know personally. I feel like this claim is a little more crazy than Baker Mayfield. Yeah. <laughs> screaming aliens. Yeah. Like I don't know. Maybe I have a strong Cowboys prejudice, but. <laughs> 
I feel like he he isn't as comparable to Patrick Mahomes as he thinks he is because Patrick Mahomes is young. He has that future in, in him. He's not injured like mm-hmm. he is. And while I do understand the aspect of carrying on the torch for the Cowboys and the whole Tony Romo aspect of him taking over, I just feel like he's not worth it. Like, I definitely agree he's underpaid, but not yeah. to the extent where there's such a wide gap where he needs to be making Patrick Mahomes' salary. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone should be making Patrick Mahomes-type money, in my opinion, other than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know, there really isn't anyone close to him at this t- point in time. I mean, maybe if you wanted to say, like, you know, how much how much a contract Brady would yield if he was younger and had, and had the kind of success that he had had, maybe you kind of make that kind of a claim, but... For a young quarterback like Pat Mahomes to have the success that he's had already at this age, there's no quarterback that I really think you know kind of that kind of yields that money other than him. I mean, I, I agree, but I do I do think Dak does deserve to get paid because you look at the start of this season before he yeah. got injured and he he was going to break records. Oh, he was going to be awesome. He deserved year. he deserved some money, but not five hundred million dollars. No, I mean, it's far too much. Yeah, and in, in your opinion, who what quarterbacks would you take over Dak if you were starting a franchise today? Um. I would, I mean, for me, it's probably going to go at, you know, number one, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Two, I would probably say Russell Wilson. You know, Wilson's just been, I feel like, the more consistent guy. Definitely. You know, got to really think after that. I mean, uh, you know, if if we're talking about one season, you could say Brady for that kind of a reason. But, you know, yeah. uh, but if we're talking longevity, I would take Dak. Uh, Rodgers over Dak. I would I would take you know even even if it's not a um, uh, career starting thing I think Rodgers obviously has proved himself over time. Uh, I'm trying to really think I mean I'm I'm probably discounting. Yeah, the, there's not too many, but the ones that uh, you would take over Dak are elite. They're already yeah. established. Mm-hmm. Most of them already have a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's not many other guys. Would uh, you take Kyler over Dak? Um, Kyler Murray? No, honestly, you I wouldn't take Kyler. You would take Dak. Dak? Yeah. Dak is more established than Kyler. Yeah. Me. What about you? Uh, I don't know. Probably similar to what you were saying. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Well, would you? I, I was saying, like, would you take Kyler or Dak Prescott? Um, Kyler probably, Murray. I'd probably take Dak Prescott. Yeah. He's like like Carter was saying. He's more established, and even though he is injured, he does have more experience in the league. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Kyler Murray is an explosive talent. I love the guy. Uh, what he's doing for the game of football is is really electric. I think that you know he's honestly he'll be. I think he's going to be an MVP candidate either next year or within the next two years, in my opinion. Like he, you know, I mean, you can say that the NFL MVP race is kind of rigged in that sort of a sense, but he's going to be you know in that race within the next two years, in my opinion, just the way that Arizona team is trending. No, I agree. You he's know, go- he's going to have his year. For he's sure. a stud, and I I'll give him all the respect in the world. However, I do like a quarterback like Dak a little more because you know that that mobile quarterback. It's always fun to watch in that first season. It's and it's and as long as it's going good, that's something you can bank on. If I'm building a franchise, however, I would rather take a guy like Prescott just because you know, you know, you know he is also kind of elusive. He is able to you know move about the pocket better than a guy like Brady, better than a guy like Rodgers now, better than a Big Ben. You know all these other kind kind of guys. But you know, eventually that will kind of start to go away, go away, go away with age, and it. And he's shown that you know when he doesn't have to you know be that running guy, he can that he can still be a very good drop back quarterback. So in my opinion, Dak is the easy bet on that type of a situation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, he deserves. A, I mean, obviously he deserves to be paid more. Uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough decision to make. I I think you know you know do do the Cowboys go after a guy? Do the Cowboys try to pursue Russell Wilson in a trade, or do or do you think that they kind of have their guy? Uh, you know, 
I think they're honestly going to try to move on from Dak Prescott. I, I do too. But uh, whatever team gets Dak, they're they're getting one hell of a quarterback. Yeah, I don't know what the Cowboys are really seeing or not seeing with Dak, but I mean, I guess there's there it has to be something internal with them, in my opinion. Like there has to be, you know, some sort of leadership quality that, that they're not seeing, and I really un- don't understand what it would be. I mean, you know, the one time Dak Prescott missed a practice, it was front page news or back page news of of the, like the local papers down there. It, it was like, oh my God, what is up with Dak? Because like he was just that consistent of a guy. And then obviously he had this he, he had this awful leg injury. So, you know, I don't know what the leadership quality problem would be. Uh, I mean, you know, Jerry Jones has obviously, you know, I mean, he's all he's shelled out money before. So I'm wondering what is stopping him now. I, I mean, the only thing I could imagine, I don't know what Tony Romo made in his career, but uh, but I feel like, you know, Jerry Jones is an older guy now, and I feel like he's probably thinking, if I give this money to Dak Prescott, I'm committing to this guy as, you know, as the franchise quarterback, probably in the end of my tenure as owner of this team. Yeah. So I think he's probably thinking, like, all right, if I'm going to make a run with this Cowboys team and, and, and with this squad, Dak is going to be the guy, Dak is going to be the guy, like, that is going to be leading this team as I go out into the sunset. I think the only concern would really be playoff success over yeah. however many seasons he's been with the Cowboys. He hasn't really gotten it done in the playoffs, but yeah. it's not like Tony Romo did either. Yeah, I mean, it's also not, not necessarily his fault if the team around him can't get there. Exactly. So, I mean, it's more than just the quarterback in that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, before uh, yeah, and finally before we do transition to, uh, to the NBA, uh, you know, uh, Jake was talking to me about it earlier today. There have been a bunch of, you know, potential cuts on the way, cuts that have already happened. You mentioned today that Alex Smith officially was cut. We talked about it on Wednesday on the show that it was probably going to happen and what and where he could probably go. Uh, I know Thomas Morstead of the Saints was cut. Kyle Rudolph, tight end of the Vikings, RIP to Tyler. Uh, he was cut today. So, I mean, you know, a, a lot of big names are getting cut around the NFL because I think teams are just, uh, with COVID and everything like that, they're trying to basically save all the money they can. Uh, where, where do you guys kind of stand on this? Like, you know, what is, you know, like, what, what, what do you guys think is, uh, like, who, like, what's kind of your here's his thoughts at least, in my opinion. I think with the, most of these scenarios, a yeah. team's gonna win and a team's gonna lose. Yeah. Because for every team that's dropping someone, I mean, another team's gonna be like, I'm willing to pick them up. Yeah. You know. So yeah. No. They I'm... need to be on the lookout for that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, you know, one of the good things that I am seeing right now is that apparently the Patriots are one of those teams that. Is gonna have a lot of money to spend this offseason. I mean, I guess Kyle Rudolph is one of those guys that uh, Kyle Rudolph is potentially linked to the Patriots, which I'm very excited about. To you know have a have a formidable tight end back in our offense would be huge for us. I mean, we have missed Gronk sorely since he has been since he has left us at this point. So you know, getting another guy a pass catching tight end for whatever quarterback will be throwing to him, it's gonna be a boost for this Patriots team. And you know. You know, a lot of people are wondering what Bill Belichick is going to do in an offseason like this. I frankly, I frankly have no idea, in, in my opinion. Like, you know, he, you know, we've always seen some Bill Belichick offseasons where sometimes he makes this big splash and it's like, all right, boom, Darrell Rebus. We're going to pick that guy up and we're going to go win a Super Bowl. And then you see some other offseasons, you know, come and go where, you know, it's where it's like you pick up some, you know, some good skill players, some good role players here, but there's not really a huge move like that. But those were all in seasons where Bill Belichick was having winning records, going to the playoffs each year. This year he went seven and nine. He does not want to do that again. I feel like he is going to try to, you know, make at least some sort of a splash. Now, is that picking up a giant quarterback for a bunch of money? No, but I think he might try to, you know, improve the defense, which he's always, which he always aims to do. And I think he's going to add weapons. Like I think he's going to try to add pass catching weapons like Kyle Rudolph. 
And um, uh, I think that there's some other wide receivers that, be, that are going to be up too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, adding Kyle Rudolph to the roster definitely can't <laughs> yeah. hurt. But, um, you know, he's definitely going to be a solid veteran presence in the locker mm -hmm. room. He works hard. Yeah, can't hurt. Oh, yeah, no. He could. He's going to be a huge – he would be a huge addition for us. I mean, you know, like you think of the guys on, on the roster right now, it's like Dalton Keene, Matt, Matt Lacoste, Devin Asiasi, Ryan Izzo. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, like, none of those guys have been able to do what, what Gronk was. And I mean, you know, n n there isn't, like, any tight end that can really do what Gronk did. And, you know, other than Travis Kelsey and other guys like that. But you need to at least have someone who can be a presence. And that's, and that's the problem that the Patriots ha have had. Kyle Rudolph is that, is, a, is, a good, is that type of a presence. If we get him on our team, you know, the Pats offense is going to be, you know, is going to move much better next season. Yeah, let's just hope Cam Newton's on our center. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that kind of concludes what we have in NFL news. In NBA news, this was originally going to be the, the topic of the show. We discussed it at the we discussed it at the beginning. Uh, the Phoenix Suns have been on an incredible roll. I mean, Jake, you're you're an NBA fan. What are your thoughts on on how they've been doing this year? I think I think they've been doing great this season. I think Chris Paul is showing that once again, despite his age, he has the ability to make a great impact on a team. And I think even just looking at his stats, like you can tell he's still putting up a considerable amount of points, but he really plays in the facilitator in the assist role, mm -hmm. running the point, run the running the team basically. He's a great leader, and I think it's having a good impact on everyone else. Yeah, no, I, I have his numbers right here. So uh, these might be a little off now because they did play a game. I, so I recorded the I took these numbers on I think Thursday, like mid Thursday, and then I think they played a game that night. So these numbers might be a little fudged now. But, you know, from what I had, he's averaging 16.2 16, uh, points a game, 8.8 .8 assists, which leads the team, uh, 4.7 rebounds, and then 1.2 steals, steals per game, which also leads the team. So not only is he coming in there being a, facil being a facilitator and, you know, you know, being a good voice in that locker room, but he's actually making a difference on this team. So he's, he's, he's moving the ball around more. It's, you know, you know I feel like it's going to be like, like less iso ball with Devin Booker. Uh, and you know, you know, while we are going to give some credit to Chris Paul, we did start to see we did start to see the Suns this Suns team turn it around. You know, going into the bubble, where I think they won every single game that they played in the bubble, but unfortunately, just due to uh, other, unfortunately, just due to seeding, they they were still left out of the playoffs. They were a ten seed by the end of it. Uh, I was looking at their record. You know, so they were a ten seed last year in the 2018-19 season. They were the worst team in the West. So in two years, they've gone from the worst team in the West to being two and a half games out of first, which is incredible. And I mean, you know, I think a guy like Chris Pauly coming in, it's made a huge difference. I mean, you look at what he did for the Oklahoma City Thunder last year. You know, he almost you know, he almost knocked off your Rockets. I mean, yeah. you know, we, dangerous. yeah, that was really dangerous. I mean, he came out there and he was just a stud for those guys. Uh, and you know it it really I think I think it really shocked the world. And you know him and Shai and Shai and Shai Gildas Alexander. All those guys just came out there and you know and really just worked their butts off and you know it almost it almost resulted in the game seven victory for the thunder which would have been awesome to see uh but now he's doing it again with the phoenix suns and i mean it just shows you that you know chris paul is an incredible leader and i think that he's going to be an incredible coach one day yeah i think he will too but uh i, I hope he at least found a home for a little bit i'd hate to see him as one of those players that's just going to be passed around the league as a veteran like that yeah well i think you, well i think you're hopeful i mean i don't i don't think that's going to be the case he's going to want to get that ring by the end of his career and you know i i wouldn't be surprised if lebron tries to get get the banana boat crew kind of going out in la i mean you know Melo's on the Melo's on the trailblazers and you know he's been a good piece for them but 
you know, maybe maybe in, in an off season or something like that, he he tries to get him there. And you know, Chris Paul, I, I don't know what I don't know what his uh, contract status is right now. I'd have to I'd have to see that. Yeah, Jake, do you do you mind looking up what, what the contract could possibly be for Chris Paul? You know, if if it's the end of his contract, he also could you know maybe t- be the type of guy to take a veteran deal. Uh, you know, it's a four-year contract. When does it ex- when does it expire? All right, yeah, probably in four years. That's the wrong one. Yeah. Two-year contract. Okay. With the Suns. Oh, it's a two-year contract yeah. with the Suns. All right, so you know he's going to be able to do it. Th- he's going to be able to do something this year, and maybe the Suns try to flip him for some young for, for some younger pieces, just like the Thunder did. I mean, I don't know if I don't know that they should because of just like look look how far they've been able to come with him on the roster. I mean, he's 35 years old, you know, and he's proven that he's been able to you know ha- he's been proven to you know give them that edge. So I think just having a guy like that in your locker room who's also competing for you, it's the best of both worlds. It's really, it's really something awesome to watch. It is. So you know, and you know, the fact that you know, after he was done with the Rockets, I mean, things weren't looking great. It was going to be like, oh, he's going to be on this Thunder team. He's going to have to re, he's going to have to be on a rebuilding roster, and he's kind of going to get buried. And he basically said, screw that. I'm not going to be doing a rebuild here. I'm bringing this team to the playoffs. He made them a five seed, which was incredible for a team that we thought was going to be completely out of it. So he brought them into the mix, and he went to the Suns this year, and it's. Just and it's like and it's what he did with the Thunder times like a thousand because of how well they're doing. I mean, Devin Booker has also stepped up his game a ton. DeAndre Ayton is looking better, uh, and they're just working better as a cohesive unit, and it's awesome to see. Now, one of the problems that I am seeing with with uh, with with the Phoenix Suns that you know obviously is not their fault. It's more just the fact that the refs in the NBA are starting to get soft. Uh, did you see that Devin Booker got ejected the other day? No, I didn't. Yeah, so he got ejected from a game, and I don't. Jake, did you catch that by any chance of yeah, him getting ejected? Yeah, so you know, I'm listen. I'm I'm not the type of guy to be like to be like, oh, the NBA players should be able to do whatever they want and have no consequences for it. I think that there are some. I think that if you do cross a certain line, then yeah, you should be ejected. So what Devin Booker essentially did to get ejected, from what I can tell, is that he is that you know I guess there was you know a stoppage of play and he kind of just did like a bounce pass to a ref. I I guess somewhat aggressively. It really didn't look like that, in my opinion. Uh, it was just kind of an aggressive pass because he was probably angry. The competitive juices are flowing, and he ends up getting a double tech like a couple seconds later because he's drawing because he ends up just drawing with um, uh, Dennis Schroeder of, of the Lakers, and they're kind of just going back and forth. He gets the double tech and he gets thrown out of the game, and everyone is just like, "Wait, Booker just got thrown out for that?" And it was really ridiculous to see because. You know, luckily the Suns actually did go on to beat the Lakers, and you know, and we're able to, you know, and we're able to stay alive without Booker on the court. Uh, but you know, it's getting it's getting down to the wire like that. Uh, you know, nice little name drop on my part. Uh, but you know, when it's getting to that point in the game, like you can't just be. I mean, sometimes the ref does have to swallow their whistle a little bit, in my opinion. You know. No, I agree. It sounds like he did not deserve that. No. whatsoever and um you're right the refs in the nba are getting softer and softer yeah i mean listen officials everywhere are getting soft frankly i mean you know and i've always you know had a thing about mlb guys but you know there is one mlb kind of encounter that i remember and it's with uh mets manager terry collins uh and and an umpire i don't know if he was thrown out for this but uh but i don't i don't remember him i don't remember ever seeing him get tossed he probably did but uh, there was a situation where, you know, uh, you know, Chase Utley, I don't know if you remember this play, but he slid into uh, he slid into the Mets shortstop in, like, the playoffs in, like, 2015. He broke the guy's leg. And a lot of people were like, that is a dirty slide. And, and the rule had to get changed next year because the slide was so violent and the guy got and the guy got really hurt. 
So flash forward to when the Dodgers are playing the Mets again for the first time, and Utley comes up to the plate. Noah Syndergaard throws a ball behind uh, behind Chase Utley and is immediately thrown out of the game. No warnings, no nothing. And Terry Collins just comes on the field steaming mad, and he is just shouting like a maniac. He's swearing. He's like, it's it's insane. And one of the umpires basically does tries to calm him down and just and and, and was just like, listen, like we're pissed off at the situation too, you know. But there's really nothing we can do about that, and that's why they had to throw your guy out. Uh, but you know, you don't really see that out of these refs. They're kind of, I don't know. I feel like they think that they're bigger than the game. When in reality, we're not watching the game to see you guys. We don't. We we'd rather you guys be invisible. And you know, I've. You know, I've been a in you know a youth kind of sports area. I've been a I was a ref for you know a long time. I've seen coaches I've seen coaches in the past who you know get really animated and and, are, and do a lot of you know you know in my in my uh, opinion just unreasonable things. They say things that are unreasonable, and they're the coaches of little kids teams. But you know you don't throw a guy out unless it's egregious. And I've only I've only had to see it one time, actually twice. So. Well, the first time I saw it was I was co- I was refing an 8U flag football game, and uh, I was I was with the senior I was with the senior uh, like ref so he was like so uh, Jim Mulgrove great guy, uh, and I was refing with him, and we were refing an and it's 8U so it's like it's like like what are the coaches basically doing besides just being chaperones to these kids, the one of the kids it takes off running for a touchdown down the field, and the coach and the coach of the of the team who just got scored on runs on the field at runs on the field at us and literally just says like that was effing holding that's ridiculous and jim basically just gave just pointed out pointed out the gate and was just like get the hell out of here like we're not we're not doing this like you know there are limits to what to what you do like when in certain situations you do have to throw a guy out and the, and it sucks to see but you have to do it but this was ridiculous another instance happened uh with in the utah jazz 76 game donovan mitchell got thrown out in the in the last few seconds of overtime and you know he basically came out and was saying that this is ridiculous uh you know frankly i don't want to be i don't want it to become uh i if in my opinion i don't want to know a single nba ref's name i don't you know i mean obviously we know tim donahue because he threw games for for the nba but uh you know i really don't want to know you guys i want to know the players and i want them to be out there well personally i mean my take with the refs like yeah like overdoing it with the throwing players out of the game i think especially in like playoff scenarios it leaves us with just asking a lot of what if questions mm-hmm. you know uh, this is regular season yeah. right now so it doesn't have as big of an impact as it would during the playoffs but you take someone like Devin Booker out of a serious playoffs game i mean that's a big deal you know i mean i don't think they're going to i feel like they would swallow their whistle a little more in a playoff game so you do have that kind of a benefit but you're also not but for most for but for some parts too you're not allowing fans in the stadium so like they're only able to watch it on TV and it's like you want us to watch your product, but you're going to throw out big stars because they're because they're competitive. Yeah, and, I agree. I yeah. think on one hand, it's it's kind of just entertainment at this point, though. Yeah. The refs feel like they're bigger than the game, like you said. Yeah, no, like like you shouldn't you shouldn't have that type of impact on a game like that. It's ridiculous. Uh, but you know, also in NBA news, uh, the Jake, I feel like you'll take some. Uh, I feel like I feel like you probably have an opinion on this one. Uh, the the Pistons bought out. Uh, power forward Blake Griffin after I believe it was three seasons with the team they acquired yeah, him at so. least three years ago uh you know he was doing really well for them I believe in 2018-19 was you know having one of the best years of his career he's really kind of changed up his game game too he mm-hmm. went from a guy who was posterizing guys you know having insane insanely just like brutal dunks to a guy who can actually pull up from three and shoot now like he's actually you know completely been able to transform his game 
Uh, but, you know, he suffered an injury, uh, I believe it was last year or the year before, and, you know, rehabbing it just hasn't worked for him. He hasn't been the same guy since. What are your thoughts on Blake Griffin getting cut? Uh, I think... Or bought out. I, I think, honestly, there are a lot of teams where he could still make an impact. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, his games change. His yeah. knees aren't the same, but mm -hmm. he's adapting to the way the wind's blowing. Yeah. It's all about shooting threes. The uh, normal style of the big man is disappearing. So The, the Curry effect. <laughs> exactly. So I think that personally he can have an impact. And I know there were rumors that the Nets are trying to go after him, <laughs> which would be ridiculous. Man, the Nets are really just trying to build a reality TV show over there. I mean, you know, Kyrie, Harden, Durant, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash, and then just adding Blake Griffin. I mean, just the names that you're adding to that list. I mean, Blake Griffin, uh, you know, having him on the Nets would just be, you know, wh whether he's, whether how many points he's scoring, just like having that body and that physicality on the Nets, it'd be ridiculous, man. I mean... And maybe he's the type of guy that can maybe kind of sort out some of the toxicity in that in that locker room. I mean, I mean maybe that could be a, maybe that could be a, a key missing piece. Maybe revive his career a little bit, mm -hmm. see some more of the uh, the old GameFly Blake yeah. Griffin. <laughs> oh my God, I remember GameFly Blake Griffin. <laughs> Holy crap, that was a long time ago. Oh yeah, repressed yeah. memories. Wow, <laughs> that is a repressed memory, man. Holy man, dude, that is, jeez, like that. I haven't. I probably haven't thought about that about that commercial in like ten years. At least, wow. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think that if you could go to the Nets and you know, you, let's be frank here, you know, unless unless LeBron just goes Superman mode again, which you know very well could happen, the Nets are going to be the NBA champs this year. Yeah, you know, I they, think they're a real contender. So I think if so, I think that Blake Griffin should definitely just go there. You know, get the ring on his resume. I mean, he's probably you think that he's a Hall of Famer at this point. I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, he had a great impact with Lob City and all of that. Exactly. I, I I think the same thing. I think that I think that if he was to go there, get the ring on his resume, it's pretty much the last thing that's eluding him at this point. I mean, you know, the legacy of Blake Griffin is pretty much established at this point. He's not going to do anything at this point to really change it. I mean, he's not going to go out there and win an MVP again. Like that's that's not the Blake Griffin that we're going to ever see. Like like he's not going to go out go out there and win an MVP. He's not going to be a Defensive Player of the Year, but. If he can get that ring, finally just put the finishing touch on his legacy, then I think that his Hall of Fame status is secured. Maybe put the finishing touch on that Nets team too. Yeah, definitely agree. I mean, if you, I mean, that's, that would just be a dirty Nets team. My, yeah. my God. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, th that's kind of what we have in NBA news and MLB news. Some very sad, uh, some very sad news for me personally, and you know, I think for a bunch of Red Sox fans. Uh, uh, you know, longtime Red Sox outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr. is officially leaving. Is officially leaving Boston. He's gonna. He signed a two-year, twenty-four million dollar contract with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, you know, the the era of you know the era of you know dominance of a dominant defensive center fielder. You know, you know his reign in center field for the Red Sox has officially come to an end. Uh, what, what are your guys' thoughts on JBJ moving on? Well, I saw a picture on what's the word mass today of him, Mookie, and. Uh... Andrew Benatendi dancing in the outfield, yeah. and it, it brought me back. Even though I'm not the biggest baseball fan, I think everyone can relate to watching that 2018 World Series. And, yeah, and that team was that team was different. Yeah, it was. So. Yeah, that the the whole wind dance repeat thing. I mean, you know, just the that entire outfield was amazing to watch, and the fact that they're all gone now is real is really tough. I mean, I I'm, I mean, I've been hard on a guy like Heim Bloom for the way he's been running the team. You know, if he thinks that he can, you know, if he thinks that he can, you know, build a brighter future with what he's doing, then so be it. But, you know, it's still going to hurt. And he even said that, you know, the moves that he's making are probably going to hurt. I mean, Jackie kind of said by, by his own volition he wasn't going to be back. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough pill to swallow. I know, uh, 
I know my, I know a, you know, a fellow podcast colleague, Robert Shelley over at the Pesky Pole, po, Pesky Pole podcast uh, was pretty devastated by it as Jackie Bradley Jr. was his favorite player. Uh, you know, you know, I, you know, with JBJ, you know, amazing center fielder, one of the better, you know, fielders that I probably, that the Red Sox have probably had in a long time. Uh, in terms of hitting though, you know, the bat was never there. You know, I think he, I think the highest he ever hit one year was 283. I think that was in 2016 where, you know, everyone on the Red Sox offensively was having career years. Mookie, you know, probably should have won the MVP over Mike Trout that year. Xander Bogarts was an all-star. I remember that entire, that, that, um, uh, what was it? That, that, that 2016 all-star game, it was pretty much Red Sox and Cubs were, the Red Sox and the Cubs basically were, you know, the two leading teams of the all-star game. Like literally every player uh, in the infield and outfield were almost all Red Sox and Cubs that year. It was, it was wild to see. And, you know, it, it sucks that we're not going to be able to see, um, uh, it, it does kind of suck that we're not going to be able to see, you know, you know, that outfield ever again. Yeah, but I mean, based on the direction that the team was going, the writing was kind of on the wall, and yeah. I can't say I'm really surprised. No, me neither. I mean, I mean, listen, I think, I think that, I think that uh, JBJ's got a lot of success in Milwaukee, a small market town like like that. I feel like he's gonna, I feel like he's gonna gravitate really well towards there. He's uh, gonna be teaming up with uh, form, his former teammate Travis Shaw out there. Uh, he's gonna be, he's gonna be patrolling the out the outfield with former MVP now Christian Yelich. Uh, Lorenzo Cain is also going to, I'm trying to think, is Lorenzo Cain still on the team? I think he is. So I don't know, I don't know how Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to, is going to kind of, you know, work himself in there. I don't know if maybe you move Cain to left and and Bradley in center. I think that would probably be the way they end up going. Uh, But that Brewers outfield is going to be really solid. You know, they were in the NLCS only, you know, I think two years ago, three years ago at this point. You know, they probably just need, they, they really just need to rebuild that pitching staff at this point. I think they could you know, make a legitimate run. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think finally, before we do go down to the wire tonight, uh, we're, we're gonna be, we're gonna be talking about you about the uh, about the UFC uh, you know events. You know, I think you know this is one of the crazier crazier events of the year that uh, at least in the early year that it's been so far. Uh, UFC 259 is coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, it's it's and it's featuring a bunch of great fighters. It's gonna have three three title fights are are gonna be on the line are gonna be on the line this Saturday. It's a crazy fight. So the first fight, uh, well the well the the um, uh, the championship fight that everyone is talking about is Israel Adesanya, the last style bender uh, versus Jan Blahovich. Uh, he is Blahovich is the lightweight is the light heavyweight champion. Uh, Adesanya uh, was a middleweight, but he went up in weight because he's trying to become the fifth double champ in history. I mean, obviously we know that Conor McGregor. Was the first one to ever do it. Daniel Cormier has done it. Amanda Nunes, who also is fighting this weekend, has done it. Uh, so he's so he's trying to become the fifth double champ in UFC history. The guy that I mean, he is just freaking nasty. He went, uh, but you know, he did come into the weigh-in. I think he is like the second, you know, like I think he was like the second like lightest uh, light heavyweight weigh-in like ever. I think he was only like 205 pounds at this weigh-in. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting thing to see. You know, Adesanya has been always kind of a nasty guy. The way he, the way he, you know, combines all all the styles that he's called the last style bender for a reason. I think that I, w- I was watching something today, and I think, I think they said counting his pro pro and amateur fights, he has 148 victories. So I mean, the guy, the guy is an absolutely lethal fighter. Uh, I forget who the I forget who the guy was, but it was on but it was on the Pat McAfee show, and he was saying that. You know, the NBA All-Star Game is happening this weekend. There's going to be a bunch of, you know, sporting events happening this weekend. And he said that Israel Adesanya is the best athlete, you know, go, is the best athlete who's going to be, you know, per, uh, performing this weekend. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we always talk about how much we love watching those UFC fights on Saturday, and I can only hope that we witness some history. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully the connection of our of our stream, you know, works a little better this time. Yeah. You know, hopefully the hopefully the Bryant Wi-Fi doesn't you know spares us a little bit. Gave us just about everything besides the KO. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, we literally. Part that matters. Yeah, we literally missed the brutal uppercut to Curtis Blades that ended his night. Uh, but the second fight that the second fight. Uh, you know, at least on the card, if we're kind of going in a bit of a reverse order here, is Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. It's the featherweight title. Now, you know, a lot of people are, you know, uh, I said, I, I just mentioned that Nunes is also a double champ. She was, I think, the third to win it or the fourth person to become a double champ. Uh, only double champ in the women's division. She's probably the best female fighter of all time. You know, I mean, if if you guys, if I had to ask you guys, like, in terms of female fighters, who comes to your mind? I'd have to, I'd have to guess it's probably Ronda Rousey for you guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, Amanda Nunes. I, I, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the clip before, but Amanda Nunes put Ronda Rousey to shame. She, she absolutely killed her in the octagon. You know, all those years ago when, when Rousey was still fighting, uh, and basically any, you know, the cool thing actually about the women's division in the UFC is that you think of like any any kind of any kind of women's fighter in that division you think of amanda nunez who is probably the greatest of all time now you think of ronda rousey who you know at least growing up we probably like she dominated headlines at least and at least in my opinion you know i mean conor mcgregor was always huge but ronda rousey always was kind of like a headline name for us growing up like she was she was insane oh yeah you know yeah. you know it was her ronda rousey chris cyborg is another is another you know amazing you know fighter uh, you know, he, she's had some problems with uh, Dana White. Dana White's had some problems with her. Uh, but, you know, Nunes beat her to, to attain the title. And all those fighters, you know, the good thing about the women's division is that they all are able to fight each other, you know, because they're all within a similar weight. You don't really get that in the men's division as much. You don't really get to see, uh, you know, a guy, like, a guy like Conor McGregor fight a Daniel Cormier on, like, you know, on the regular. Like, you don't, be, you don't get to see... You know, a dream fight between guys just because the weight classes are so drastically different, and at those different weight classes, you can't put you can't you just can't put a 150 a 55 pound guy against a 200 pound guy. Like the fight would just be over instantaneous instantaneously. So that is something really cool to see there. I think Nunes is going to come out there and, and really you know and really just uh, deliver it. She you know she is the you know I think she's putting her featherweight title up for up up on the line right here. So I think that she will. You know, I think she is going to take care of uh, business. Diane Anderson is the number one contender for it, but you know, she is taking a she is basically you know putting a stop to any fighter who's been in her way. I think she's going to continue to do this, uh, do it, uh, do it at least you know coming up, uh, up on Saturday, and I don't think it's going to be any problem for her. And then the uh, then the other like main card fight is uh is, I forget how you say his name, but it's like Peter Jan versus Alamont Sterling and those guys are those guys are really good too. I don't know too much about them, but it's going to be a bantamweight bout. Uh really looks like it's going to be promising. Uh and then there was another fight that uh that you know uh, Dana White was talking about. I you know, it was uh between this guy. It's going to be in I think in the preliminary round too. And it's between this guy Song Yedong and uh Kyler Jenkins, I believe it is. I'm not too sure. But you know, they were talk he was talking about this fight and he was saying that th he was saying that you know, even though these three fights are the are the are the kind of the big fights of the night, he was saying that this kind of preliminary, non like non like top three fight is going to be the fight of the night because uh, this guy Song Adong is basically he's he's a 23 year old Chinese prospect who is absolutely nasty. He hasn't lost a fight in five years, and the guy he's fighting against 
uh, hasn't lost a fight in three. You know, and he and he just goes, yeah, those guys are physical. Like their fights get bloody. And he was basically saying that this thing is going to be a bloodbath on on Saturday. So that's going to be a fun fight to watch. All of these fights, I think, are are going to be really entertaining to see. Uh, but you know, it is 7:51, and it is officially time to say that we are down to the wire. Which means that we are going to go through everything we talked about in the past hour and let you guys get started on your weekend. So, you know, obviously, once again, thank you to Jake for coming on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was. it's always fun to have you on the show, man. Always. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, tonight we started off talking in the NFL about Baker seeing aliens. You know, you know, just... Of course it's Baker Mayfield, too. I'm sorry. You know, of all the quarterbacks to see aliens, is there any other, is there any other you know, quarterback you could see? I could definitely see... I could definitely... Picture Antonio Brown seeing aliens. Maybe like Trevor Simeon. Why Trevor Simeon? <laughs> what did he ever do to you? Um, absolutely nothing. But I don't know. That's the first name that came to mind. Wow. Okay. I could see. I could see Ryan Fitzpatrick seeing aliens. He seems like the type of guy. Yeah. I, I could see that. Maybe like Brock Osweiler or something. <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, he. I mean, with the money he's making, it he can see whatever he wants, and mm. it's not going to matter. Uh, but you know, in. In also in NFL news, we talked about Big Ben being back in Pittsburgh. What is that going to do for them going into this year? We talked about Dak Prescott demanding Pat Mahomes money. We think that's a little kind of a we think that's a little too high for him. In in our opinion, uh, we talked about the NFL potentially having a huge amount of huge amount of cuts coming up. Diana Rossini uh, over at the NFL basically was saying that prepare for like a mass kind of a mass kind of like you know cutting of players. You know the Patriots. I think ha- we were talking about you know wh- how the Patriots could play around play around with this. I I forgot to en- forgot to mention they have sixty million dollars in cap space to use, and that's without cutting any of the without cutting any guys. I'm gonna imagine that they're gonna want to make some financial you know move. So you know they're gonna have you know a good amount of money to work with in free agency. Some of them I think one of the more lucrative teams going into free agency, you know uh, in the league. So that's gonna be really something fun to watch. Uh, in NBA news, we talked about the Chris Paul effect in with the Phoenix Suns as they have gone from a 10 seed, actually, well, from uh, from a last place team in two from two years ago to a two seed now. We talked about NBA refs being real soft with uh, with Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell getting ejected. We talked about Blake Griffin getting bought out by the Pistons and where he could possibly go. Jake is linking him to the Nets. I mean, we talked about that, and that's that could be a very lethal team. Definitely. Yeah, that could be something really fun to watch. Uh, in MLB news, we talked about Jackie Bradley Jr. going to the Milwaukee Brewers. He's signing a two-year, $24 million deal to, you know, officially end his tenure with the Boston Red Sox. Best of luck to JBJ. You know, it was always it, it was always a very fun outfield to watch. Him, him, yep. Ben Intendi, and Mookie Betts. It was always great to watch. I have a, I have like a, like a, kind of like a billboard like painting kind of it in my basement. And my, and my mom was saying like it was right before the Mookie deal, and you know the rumors were out there. And my mom, my mom was just like. Hey, do you want to have this? Like, even though that Mookie Betts is gonna be gone, I was like, yes, because like this is gonna be like a leading. This is gonna be like a like a moment in my childhood that I remember. Memory, yeah. I miss it. Definitely. And and then we tr- and then before we ended up, you know, getting to this point in the night, we talked about UFC 259. Uh, it's gonna be tomorrow. It's gonna be a really good fight. We talked about Israel Adesanya versus Bl- versus Jan Blachowicz. We talked about Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson, and Peter Sterling versus Alamon and Peter Jan versus Alamon Sterling. It's gonna be a really fun. It's gonna be a really fun weekend, you guys. I mean, you know, you know, it's you know, there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff coming up. I can't wait to I can't wait to talk about you know to talk about the results next week. Uh, but we're gonna let you guys. But we're gonna let you guys get started on your weekend a little early. Uh, so from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa and I'm Carter Adams. I'm Jacob Marchand and we hope you guys have a great night. Take care.